This farm had these every Sunday. He had a, he had a fish. He had a big old pond with fish. But as you can see, every time the farmer came to look at his fish, because he loved his fish, his fish were afraid of him. They didn't quite know what to do with him. They would they would look at each other and they would go, "Who is that? What is that?" He's he's like dressed in blue and he has hair. And then another fish would say, what's here? But they would run away from, they would swim away. Cannot pull one over on any of you kids today. Yeah. But one day there was a man who showed up at the farm. And he had this really nifty thing, because he had heard about the farmer being really sad about the fish. And he said, hey, I've got some fish spray. If you just spray this fish spray on somebody, they could turn into a fish. And then he would say, this can only cost nineteen ninety-five, but today you can get two. No, I'm just kidding about that. But the fish spray... He said, would be a really good idea because then whoever has the fish spray on him turns into a fish and he can communicate, he can talk to the fish. Have you ever heard of that? Did you find it in Walmart? Is it in anybody's stockings? I don't think so. But the farmer thought, you know, that's not a bad idea. So he bought a can and he decided to try it. On his son. And so he started to spray his son. And the son was kind of like going. Whoo, whoo, this kind of tickles. And then all of a sudden he kind of felt something funny going on. And his, and his dad told him. One of the last things his dad said to him. He said, now when you are a fish. I need you to do me a favor. When you go into the pond. I need you to talk to the other fish. And I need you to tell them how much I love them and how much I don't want them to be afraid of me. I'm here taking care of them. I built this pond for them. I, I, I've stocked it with food. I've given it good water. I love my fish. And so the son said, Dad, I promise I'm going to tell them about you and how much you love them. So, sure enough, it worked. Have you ever seen something that worked better than that? It's a miracle, Christmas miracle. Yeah. So, the son went and talked to the fish. And he said, I want you guys to know, you know that man that wears the blue and he has the fuzzy hair and everything like that? He said, you don't have to be afraid of him. He's my dad. And... He's, in fact, he acts just kind of like me, except he's not a fish today. But he said he wanted me to tell you how much he loves you. And he built this whole pond for you. And he wants you to know that when he comes and sees you and kind of talks to you, you don't have to be afraid of him. And the fish thought that is amazing. And sure enough, after... If the, the fish spray only lasted 24 hours. But um, 
The next time the farmer came to the pond and brought his trout chow, he fed the fish and they were happy to see him. Now, yeah, Rowan, you were right. It's not a true story. It didn't really happen like that. But it's a story that kind of represents what has really happened. And the fact that today is Christmas and God created our world and we kind of messed it up. But he sent his son as a baby. And the baby we celebrate is Jesus who was born. And they, in scripture it says, Mary laid him in a manger. And the angels, all of the heavenly hosts, celebrated him. And, guys... All year long, we talk about Jesus, don't we? And when we come to Sunday school, when we come to church and children's church, there's a lot more about Jesus, but it is this time of the year that we celebrate God's decision to send his son as a baby on Christmas. It says in Scripture, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father, just like The boy represented in the picture or in the story, he said, when you see me, that's what my dad is like. And Jesus, when he came to earth, he said, when you see me, you can know that that is who God is. And you don't have to be afraid of him. He loves you and he created the world for you. So, kids, on this Merry Christmas Day, as we celebrate Christ, We as a congregation want you to know that we hope that we represent God also well. And I just want you guys to know we love you. And we celebrate you. And we're thankful that you came today. So as you go back on the second pew, there are some bags there. At the end of church, there's more presents for you out in the foyer. Plus... Everybody in the congregation, hopefully I brought enough, I may not. Um, there's there's gift for everybody. And uh, we just want to celebrate the gift of Jesus, but there's also more to come. So take, a, take something for while you are listening to Pastor Rusty, and then we'll see you at the end of church also in the foyer for some more stuff. Okay? And you can take your little lollipop sticks with you. Yay! Okay. I forgot to light this during the first song. Just stand for the reading of the gospel from Luke 2. In those days a decree went out from the emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This is the first registration that was taken while Quirinius was governor in Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house of the family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged 
and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in bands of cloth, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. In that region there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was the angel, with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that's taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste. They found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. And when they saw this, they made known that what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. This is the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. You, you may be seated. One of, one of uh, uh, Lauren and I's favorite and most memorable Christmases, Christmas Eves, came on uh, Christmas Eve 2008. Uh, we were living in Scotland at the time. We spent the afternoon at a Christmas market at Edinburgh and then were invited to, it's easier to do these things without small children, we were invited to a, a watch night service at a, a Church of Scotland uh, parish in a little village of Comrie. And so at about, about 10.30 we, at, at night, we walked up the hill to our, to our neighbors who invited us to their house, and, and we drove in to the village, parked, uh, and then it, it starts at 11. So a few minutes later, uh, we, we went out the doors of the house with most all of the other village residents, people pouring out into the streets, uh, walking along the cobblestones in the dark, chilly night, uh, to the big cathedral church in the little village went in and, and, uh, and had a seat. And, and for the next 30 or 45 minutes, sang carols, um, did other kind of uh, greeting one another. Uh, around, uh, I think it was about 11.40 or so, they stopped. And like any good British time, they had tea and, and mince pies and things like that. Everybody gathered back up, sang another song or two. Uh, and then as, as right as midnight um, you know, struck, came, fell, whatever you want to say, uh, the bells start tolling in the city, uh, the whole, uh, in the, the, the church, and so the whole city would hear this, whether they like it or not, whether they're in the service with us or not. And, and right at that moment, everybody sang out the words, Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room, and heaven and nature will sing. Joy to the world, the Savior reigns. Let men and women their songs employ, while fields and floods, rocks, hills, and plains repeat the sounding joy. We skipped this one, but it's pretty important. No more let sin and sorrow grow. No thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessings flow far as the curse is found, undoing what happened in Genesis 3. 
He rules the world with truth and grace. He makes the nations prove the glories of His righteousness and the wonders of His love. Joy to the world. When Isaac Watts wrote this song, originally he wrote it as a poem in 1719 and he was, he was commentating or kind of explaining the psalm that we heard earlier, Psalm 98. Later, American Lowell Mason merged together Watts' poem with the music of Handel's Messiah and the result is the song that we have today, Joy to the World. Once it was finalized, the new song was intended not just to be a song of worship, but a declaration of the entirety of the gospel in defiance of the powers of sin and death. The power of that experience that night has, not left, has never left me and it only grows. It, it, that's how actually, so, so uh, I often ruin joy to the world for people because I won't sing it until Christmas Day. It's meant to be the first thing that you sing on Christmas Day. That's often why they would have a watch night service or something like that. And they'd sing it out at midnight. So I hum along when, when, when we carol or whatever, but I don't sing it. Um, and every year it grows more and more special to me because more and more, I, as I get older, I see how far the curse is found and I experience the, the longing of creation and, and how much we, we yearn to cry out, joy to the world, the Lord has come, along with the rocks and the hills and the trees and the animals who desperately long for, as Psalm 98 ends, the reconciliation of all things that God has planned and has begun. In the cold, bleak midwinter night, we sang the gospel out, despite disbelief, sin, sorrow, sickness, and even death, all the, the people around us, I don't know what they were coming from or out of, what they were singing, what their position was as they sung. We sang the unwavering truth that God is good. God has given all for us, despite our continual rejection of Him. That creation as a whole is crying out in both pain and joy with the first fruits of forgiveness and reconciliation. What's more, we can cry out too. We should cry out. We just did, in fact, when we sang this song earlier. In the end, Scripture tells us all of creation will cry out. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess in heaven, on earth, and under the earth that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father by the power and love of the Holy Spirit. You don't have to believe this. You can question it. You can critique it. You might label it as offensive or scandalous. Maybe it's not inclusive enough. Maybe it's too radically inclusive. You can question the virgin birth, debate the divinity of Jesus. You can try to explain away the circumstances. You can do all of this and more, but this story, the story, is nonetheless true. It's not my truth. Your truth, it's truth. On Christmas, we are thrown up against the unwavering truth that God's might and power is displayed and made perfect through weakness. That the Father did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save it. That God desires for all things to be reconciled unto Him. When Mary gave birth to Jesus, God built a throne and a palace in that flesh. He inaugurated His kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. God brought all that God is to bear directly 
upon the earth in the form of a tiny, helpless, dependent baby boy born to poor, unusual Palestinian peasants in a nowhere cave stable in an insignificant little town within a Roman-occupied territory. And I just can't turn away from this story. I will confess to you, I have experienced hurtful and, and unforgettable things as a pastor, and I could just say as a Christian, I think you probably could relate. These things have affected my family in a very real way. I've seen the, the truly awful inner workings of the church. I wish I didn't see, I'm not, and I'm not speaking of Longmont Church of the Nazarene here, just so that you know. So often I wish for the blessing of ignorance. I wish I didn't know certain things. I wish I didn't know that happened or see how things took place. That I hadn't experienced such things. That my family hadn't. But when people ask me, but why do you still believe then? I'm inescapably driven back to this story. To this stable. To the straw and the smell of manure to the steamy breath of the people and the animals in the cold air, to the brighter than usual stars overhead, to that most blessed of humans, Mary, and her faithful unto death husband, Joseph, and to that little baby who most surely did cry despite what the song said, who nursed, and if I can say it, who even pooped and peed and spit up, and yet in whose eyes the very light of creation shone. I'll be honest, there's times I've even lost faith in the church. I've lost faith in myself. I've doubted my calling. I've been angry with God. I've doubted providence and grace and forgiveness. But church, folks, this Christmas story is simply too wonderful, too amazing. It's too true. Whether you like it or believe it or not, it's a tale told all these years later from the very fabric of creation itself. It's imbued with the undeniable love and logic of the Creator. It is good. It is true. And I believe it. Do you? I want to close with a prayer before we continue on with worship. And I don't always do this. But given the nature of what I've just said, I want to invite you to maybe share your belief with the Lord as well. I'm going to ask you to pray with me. It's something you don't have to do. You can sit in silence for a variety of reasons. But if you want to pray along with me, it's a prayer of faith. It's a prayer that if you've believed in Jesus for a long, long, long time, it's just renewing and stating what you believe. If it's something, maybe, maybe this is kind of new to you, or if you walked away from God, or for whatever reason, but for the first time, maybe today, this year, whatever... You're feeling like this is something you want to say. You can repeat after me. Certainly, if you do that and it's something new for you, let me know afterwards or let somebody else know. Let's, let's confess our faith in the Lord together as we ponder this truth, the birth of Jesus, the beginning of, of the reconciliation of all things. Let's pray. Join me if you would like to in repeating after me. I believe that Jesus is the Christ. The Son of the living God, that He died for my sins and for the sins of all people. I believe that by the power of the Holy Spirit, the Father raised Jesus from the dead, 
seating him at his right hand in heaven. And that one day he will return to judge the world and to usher in his kingdom. Into the hands of the Father I place my life now. From this day forward, I pledge to follow Jesus Christ. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, walk in His ways all the days of my life. Amen. I just can't get away from the truth of Christmas. It's a truth that's debated. It's a truth that's ignored. It's a truth that's that's uh, uh, we looked at with skepticism. And all of that's fine. You can do that. Others can do that. I'm just convinced it's true. And the truth of it is bewildering. It's shocking. It's even offensive. And that's part of what makes it so believable to me. Another one of my favorite experiences I, I, I've had is at a, a retreat center in, in Kansas um, where there was a, there's an altar there. And at the, the altar, made of wood, very rustic, kind of farmhouse looking. And, and right above it, on the ceiling, upside down, inverted, is a manger. And, and it's kind of deconstructed in part of the wood. You can see it's made of the same wood. This, this connection that, that the manger... And the altar, the cross, are one. That Jesus' mission, His life, His ministry, His death, His resurrection, His coming again, these are all part of the same story, the same love, the same uh, wonderful story that we remember today. We're going to receive communion. Uh, and like the prayer just mentioned, in a few moments, I'll give you some instructions. We're going to do it the way if you've been with us for a while that we, we did last uh, time because it worked fairly well. And, and I'm going to invite you to come forward. That's also a way of making it clear that you don't have to come forward to receive the elements. If you want to come forward and receive the elements, you're invited to come. Uh, what we'll do is we'll have two stations, if you will, just on each side of the altar. You'll come through the middle. Uh, you'll receive those and then you'll just return through the outer aisles to your seat. Um, if you don't want to receive the elements, you just stay in your seat. If you're thinking, I don't know about this, you could come forward um, and you could receive a blessing. This is something that sometimes is done in churches. You can do this as a sign that says, I don't want to receive this, but I would love to be prayed for and blessed. And we'll just say, God bless you. And you could return to your seat. If you can't return to your, if you can't get up for any reason, then I will come around and I'll serve you. Um, if you can, hold the elements. And then in just a few minutes, uh, I'll say a few words and we'll receive those together. Uh, in the Church of the Nazarene, we believe that all are welcome to come to this table. This is, this is a place where we come and we receive, as crazy as it sounds, the body and blood of Christ. We receive the gifts of grace offered up freely for all the world despite sin and rejection and disbelief. We only ask that you know as much as you can what you're doing when you come forward. And if you want to, then you come and you receive and receive God's grace um, and experience that anew. So, uh, if those who are coming, uh, those who are helping us, excuse me, will come forward. The ushers.
Okay, again, if you, uh, and during this, there's going to be a video play as well um, that you'll probably enjoy and appreciate. If you would like to come and receive the elements, hold them, uh, and we'll receive them in a few minutes, and I'll come and serve you if you can't come. later, Jesus, grown up, gathered with his disciples. He gathered in a small upper room, remembering how God had delivered God's people. Remembering and celebrating the the great plan of redemption that God had. And as they ate together, he did something a little different. He took bread and he said, this bread is, is my body. The baby Jesus came that came into the world 
to live with us, Emmanuel, God with us, said, I'm going to die. And this is my body. It's going to be broken for you. It's the only way I can break the curse and finally begin the ending of this mess and make it right. He said, this cup is my blood. It's the blood of forgiveness, the forgiveness of sins. When you get together afterwards, remember me. Eat bread. Drink this juice. And remember, this is the fabric of the universe. This is why God made all things, that God would be with us. And no matter how much you run from God, no matter how much you reject God, no matter how much you doubt and disbelieve, I don't, he said. And, I'll, and I'm with you, I'll stay with you, and I will come back to you. And so we remember, take and eat. This is Christ's body broken for you. His blood poured out for the forgiveness of sins. Emmanuel, God with us. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself for us. Grant that when we go, that we will go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Let's continue to sing and praise him today. Thank <laughs> you.